1: I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And today, uh, or in this particular episode, happy Monday to you. This is going to be uh, mainly about UK and Alabama, but man, it, is, it was a wild weekend in college basketball. Uh, not just the SEC, but in college basketball in general. Uh, you had Roy Williams saying it's the lowest moment of his career, losing to Clemson for the first time in 60 games that Clemson has played at Chapel Hill. You had um, uh, Tom Izzo getting drilled, Michigan State getting destroyed by Purdue on Sunday, and him coming out and saying it's the lowest moment in his career. Uh, <laughs> you just Roy Williams and Tom Izzo uh, lowest moments of their careers coming in back to back days. That's that's pretty wild. But we'll, we will begin uh, with Kentucky's win over Alabama. Uh, impressive, uh, and I think my my biggest takeaway. Kyle, um, or what I was most impressed by, is that that John Calipari worked for two days on a defensive strategy to stop Alabama from hitting those transition threes, and he described it. And uh, the way he described it, it makes so much sense why Alabama NATO's system has started to work. Is when they get in transition, the three is the most important shot. He said they, I, I don't know, I didn't look it up, so I, I don't always take Calipari's word for gospel, but he, Calipari said 40% of their threes in transition, but they were averaging 11 threes a game. They were scoring around 90 points a game. Uh, they were taking about 30 threes a game. And the way Calipari described it is instead of when you teach defense and transition defense, you're going to guard the basket. Well, what Alabama does is they head that way, but they get their guys to the three-point line because those are some of the most open looks you're going to get from three is in transition. And Calipari said we purposely gave up other stuff. That's why we got outscored 44-20 in the paint is because we were intentionally stopping that three. You want to take a tough two? Try to beat us with twos. Uh, But we're not going to let you beat beat us with wide-open threes. And it worked. They went four for 21, 19%. That's the lowest percentage Alabama's shot from three all season, 67 points. Lowest amount of points Alabama has scored all season.
0: Yeah, and it's sometimes one of those cases where it's like we don't know what we don't know. And, and you know, the armchair quarterback type thing Mm -hmm. or couch coach, um, you know, it's like, wow. How are they giving up all these offensive rebounds and these buckets inside second chance points? They give up 16 offensive rebounds, 17 second chance points, um, but a lot of that was just the the total commitment to to blitzing them on the outside. So they were, you know, they're shooting some threes and missing and getting the long rebound and putting them back in. But in the long run, you'll take that. And and you mentioned just even the average number of attempts they they were nine or ten below that. They only got 21. Right three-point attempts only made four um you know and like guys that we thought he, the, the 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 typical guy that lights up kentucky and up arena beetle bolden was the guy we predicted the end state mm-hmm. kid, two of 11 from the field oh for six from three yeah. um you know john petty uh six of 15 from the field uh jones herb jones eight of 20 from the field um mm. i mean they Alabama shot 37%, a little under, 19% from three. Um, it was a really, a very, um, a very solid defensive effort. And then, you know, on the flip side, maybe Cal does know a thing or two about coaching. You know, I mean, <laughs> I think he probably just kind of locked into the Hall of Fame, the Naismith Hall of Fame. But the longer this goes, you know, maybe maybe he does know something about coaching. But he kept saying... You know, and, and I mean, logic would tell you he was right even before it happened. Like, we're not this bad of a shooting team. We, we yeah. have good shooters. And we talked about it. You don't shoot 80% from the free throw line and 22% from three or whatever Kentucky was. Um, but they're on a little bit of a roll now. And a lot of that is due to Emmanuel quickly, but also Nate Sustina, also Ashton also Hagans, Ashton Tyrese Maxey hitting a few. Uh, they make nine out of 15 three, 60% against Alabama, and that's the difference. You hit nine, they hit four, you win by nine points. Uh, yeah. You know, um, that's big. Emmanuel Quickly is on a freaking heater. He's he is. He's averaging almost 19 points over the last four games, and he's shooting uh, 60% from three. He's made, uh, I think, 13 out of 24 over the last four games. He, in, I think in, uh, 14 of 23. Oh, that's right. Sorry, the, yeah. flip, flip those numbers. In four games, he has – Increased his season three-point percentage by twelve percentage points. This is just a, <laughs> I mean, that's a massive amount. I mean, he's he is now a forty-two percent three-point shooter. So well, I hey,
1: didn't, I didn't realize that he had hit eight in a row during one stretch. If you put together Missouri, Georgia, Alabama before yeah. his first miss against Alabama, he had hit eight in a row.
0: Yeah, he hit he, he hit four of eight against <laughs> Missouri, but he hit his last one. So he was uh, he hit his last one against Missouri. He hit all three at Georgia, and then he hit his first uh, four uh, mm-hmm. against Alabama. Ended up five of six from three against Alabama. Um, he's playing great. I wrote a whole – it's funny, the timing. I wrote this whole story for Saturday morning about uh, what a terrific defender Emmanuel quickly mm-hmm. is, and so how, yeah. how sort of underrated that is. And he is. That, that part is true. But he, he went out and, and continued his red-hot offensive streak, and that that's huge for them. That's the other big – thing to me is like you know Hagan's is going to lead the way he almost has a triple double 15 nine and nine uh, you know Max he's going to have games where he goes nuclear again we know they can count on Nick Richards he did it again with another double double 13 11 and five blocks but I think the fact that they have this it seems like very reliable other scorer now uh, in Emmanuel quickly and as much as anything absolute certifiable threat from the from the perimeter to make threes um that's kind of a game changer for them
1: yeah i mean nate oates said it after the game that they're as good as anybody in the country when quickly is hitting five of six from three but you know calipari compared him to you know his work ethic to tyler hero and shea Gilgis alexander said he's always in there he's always in the gym he's always working on it and uh, quickly is he and it's just like confident like winning breeds winning confidence breeds confidence when you're out there feeling confident and it's going for you, it just keeps rolling. Like, he's right with the world right now. And it's he said it was the basket's as wide open as the ocean at the moment. And he just has that air about him. But, it, I mean, it started at the beginning of the season. He said he came back with a completely different uh, attitude about how he's going to attack the season and work on his game. And he's done it. Calipari says he continues to finish first in drills. And I saw it firsthand. Um it's, it's one thing when you hear it all, and then I, I got to hear it and, and then see it the same day, and I was like, wow, okay. So, I mean, that just means something. If Emmanuel quickly is finishing each drill first, like every conditioning drill, whatever they do, it's important to him to be the first one across. Yeah. So you think of all the athletes they have on that team, and he's making sure he finishes first. It's important. I, it, well, those yeah. little details and things tend to, to wind up showing up on the court as well
0: well quickly and and calipari both said you know he he's when you do the work to know that you're ready you can be confident that it's gonna gonna happen yeah. you know and he, he right. said quickly is, a, is kind of a mild-mannered humble uh very religious uh kid who isn't one to just brag on himself and so you can tell how confident he is right now one in the in his reactions you know uh there was uh, Sean Smith, who, who uh, covers the team and writes and, and actually uh, is starting to take some photos. He had a photo from the Georgia game, and it had the sideline of Trey Young and, I don't know, one some rapper that came, Quavo or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Kirby Smart and another Georgia football assistant, I think, were all on the sideline, and right and, and quickly he's hitting a three right in front of him, and he's got his tongue out, and it looks like he's been eating some kind of. <laughs> candy because his tongue is blue he's sticking (laughs) his tongue out and he's doing the reload you know uh celebration i think between that and then and then just how he's talking and jerry tipton i think it was uh asked uh i think it was jerry asked emmanuel how hot are you right now and he said uh steaming hot touch me and you might burn yeah which is a very uncharacteristic (laughs) um you know, quickly thing. And then he said, you know, I think every shot's going in and I'm shocked. I'm like, I can't believe I missed that when I miss one. Um, and so I think that's a big deal when you've put in the work and, and you, and you know, they're going in, you know, at a ridiculous rate in practice, they say, you know, him in those shooting drills in practice, he just lights them up. Then you can go out there with some confidence. And I think that's also when Cal Perry mentioned that, you know, he says all the time the build-your-own-confidence thing. That, that, to a certain degree, I think, is is a message to the other players about that aren't mm-hmm. seeing the success right. that they want to right now. You know, be that guy. Um, but I, very, very high praise for Cal to invoke Hero and uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander to say he's the same as those guys, Right, uh, Emmanuel, quickly. Because that, I mean, we know their work ethic turned them from, you know, recruits who are ranked in the thirties into one and done players that nobody expected going in the lottery, Uh, yeah, top 12 picks in fact. So that that's big time praise for Emmanuel.
1: More on this team and this game and this win when the locked on Kentucky podcast continues at Buffalo trace distillery, the world's most award-winning distillery see 200 years of bourbon making history in action, smell the mash cooking, touch the charred oak barrels, aging in century old warehouses. Hear the tales of bourbon legends, Taylor, Blanton, Weller, and Lee, and taste award-winning spirits at America's oldest continually operating distillery. Experience a tour for every taste. Buffalo Trace Distillery offers six unique complimentary tours seven days a week, year-round, just like the popular Trace Tour. Or see Bourbon Pompeii walk through history on the E.H. Taylor Tour. Visit the world's bourbon destination, Buffalo Trace Distillery. To learn more about the distillery's history and spirits, visit buffalotracedistillery.com. Mention that you heard about Buffalo Trace Distillery on the Locked on Kentucky podcast and get 10% off merchandise at the gift shop.
0: You are locked on Kentucky, your
1: daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. We're back here on the Locked on Kentucky podcast and... You know, when you look at quickly what he's doing and you add in Ashton Hagen's nearly going for a triple-double uh, and you add in Maxie who, even on a you know night when he hit, what, like six of 17 shots, he still scores 13 points, grabs a few rebounds. You know, it, this is uh, turning into, I, I don't know if you can say it's definitively the best backcourt in the country, but it's right up there. I mean, I think you got to consider Baylor, obviously, and what they just did to Kansas, but uh, if you to know that any one of those guys can go for twenty five, and then for Hagen's to be the leader of that, and then to know Maxie has the ability to take over a game, and then to see what Quickly's doing in his confidence, I mean, man, uh, the tournament is all about guard play, and you add in a post presence like Nick. Now all you need is uh, EJ or Khalil or Keon as a collective to consistently give you, you know, 10 points and six rebounds and a couple blocks a game.
0: Yeah, and that, the other thing is, you know, Nate Sestina's kind of come on where he's a reliable, you know, give you something every game. He had he, he only played 18 minutes and only had six six points and four rebounds the other night, but he played some good interior defense and he hit a couple threes. You know, he's a guy who I think has made like eight of his last 14 threes, so he's coming on. Um, but yeah, yeah. The, the the crazy thing about uh, Kentucky right now is with a man as i mentioned another reliable scorer with Emmanuel coming on and scoring like he is they now have four guys who are score, who are averaging 13 points a game yeah um, i think actually uh, uh Maxie's averaging uh, 14 but they're all those guys are basically right there Maxie's 13-9 Emmanuel's 13-3 Higgins is 13-1 and Nick is 13.0 uh, points per game. Uh, they've got let's see, one, two, three, four, five guys averaging at least four rebounds. Um, you know, they they they're an interesting team because I do think you said maybe not definitively. I don't know. I think it's kind of it feels kind of definitive to me that they have the best backcourt in the country. I mean, who has a, who has a legitimate who even has a legitimate argument? I mean, Baylor is one. Baylor, by the way, might be the best team in the country. Right. Um, yeah. After going and winning uh, at Allen Fieldhouse, their resume is ridiculous. They're 13-1. and one. Their only, uh, only loss was to Washington in a, on a neutral court in a game that they, I think they had until the very end. They lost by three. But they have uh, beaten Villanova on a neutral court, beaten Arizona at home, beaten Butler at home. Butler very good this year. Yeah. Uh, beating Texas at home, won at Texas Tech and at Kansas in back-to-back games. Uh, yeah,
1: Kansas had a 28-game win streak, and Texas Tech had a 15-game home, both home win streaks.
0: Kansas, and they ended up in the span team. of four days, Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday Saturday. Um, and Baylor was 0 of 17 all time in Lawrence. Yeah, Baylor's legit. Uh, Scott Drew's got maybe his best team this year, and they've got a real case for number one. But uh, so, so maybe those guys, um, you know, their guards are – are very good, Jared Butler, uh, Maceo, I forgot, is it Maceo Teague? Teague? We talked about him on our little uh, teaser we do for uh, college basketball, Uh, Davion Mitchell. They've got a few guys, but um, I just, you know, I I don't, (laughs) I can't make a very strong argument for anybody having a better, certainly a better three guards, because some people's, I guess, backcourt includes more of a traditional uh, uh, wing, swing man, Mm -hmm, whatever you want to call them, small forward. Uh, but three guards, uh, surely nobody has three better guards than Hagen's Maxie and Quickly. Three, three five-star, you know, uh, recruits. Three uh, guys who would probably be the man just about anywhere else they went, um, yeah. and they're all kind of sharing the load.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, we mentioned EJ uh, and what you know with Khalil and. Uh, and Keyon, I think. Did you write about that? Is that what your story? Yeah, is? I re- I, yeah,
0: I I focused. You know, for as for as impressive as you know, Ashton Hagen's is a, is one rebound and one assist away from the fourth triple double in school history. And Cal and mentioned, you know, I don't think he played that great, and I think he's right. Uh, there, the stats were great, but he made some silly mistakes. He almost made a horribly costly mistake at the end when he was right. just trotting up the floor with mm-hmm. no urgency and got a the unbelievable, totally rare. Tight game situation, 10, ten second violation. Yeah. They're only up four, I think, and he, he gets the 10 second violation. He didn't play great. Uh, but, you know, him, uh, Nick, uh, having, I thought at one point, just an, another incredible stretch, and he was really affecting the rim. They That was another guy Nate Oates just went on and on about about how you can't prepare for him. Maybe you use broomsticks, but you can't prepare for that length, and it's NBA quality rim protection. Um,
1: yeah. When he said that. Yeah. Wow.
0: You know, that quickly, all those things, very impressive. But to me, maybe the most important thing, and so I focused on it in my story, is EJ Montgomery looked like a guy who was having fun again. He was hitting jump shots. His jumper looked really good. He hit four out of six from the field, eight points, six rebounds, one block. Not the, That's not going to knock your socks off, but it was productive. He, he gave them good, solid minutes, and he – was smiling throughout. And after the game, you know, I really was trying to to get into his head a little bit and it's hard to do because he is, he just doesn't want to <laughs> say much. No, he does not um, say a lot. But he acknowledged, you know, I've tr- I tried too hard to be perfect and I can't be perfect. And he said he talked with Cal a couple of days earlier and Cal said, just have fun, man. You know, like let it rip. You gotta, you gotta relax. And Emmanuel quickly said, that he can see how much pressure uh, EJ's putting on himself um, because he, because of all the things he does when they just play pickup that, right. that, that nobody sees because, he, he you know, it's like he's not he's afraid to let himself uh, loose. Uh, he doesn't want to make a mistake. And uh, there, there is a lot of pressure on EJ. He, he was the number – 247 Sports had him ranked the number six player in the country two years ago, and in fact, had him ranked ahead of Zion Williamson, Um, which, (laughs) you know, is absurd, obviously, in retrospect, but that was kind of some of the expectation. There was also, you know, I went down there to Georgia and wrote about him, and one of the things he and his coach and his parents said to me was that, you know, Cal Perry, who basically tells everybody, either you come or you don't come, I don't, you know, if you don't want to come fight for your spot, don't worry about it, but he told EJ Montgomery in, in a bit of a departure, you're not a want, you are a need. Um, and he told him that he thought he could be like Anthony Davis. And yeah. when you hear that and you're ranked that high and you come to a place like Kentucky and then you don't have immediate success, that, that becomes a total albatross around your neck. And it can drag you to the bottom of the ocean. Um, if, you're, if you're not careful, if you're not, certainly if you're not built a certain way mentally, um, and I think that's been really hard on EJ. And so I think everybody around him now is just trying to say, have fun, man. Just, just do what you can do and, and, and don't feel like – and, and it, it might help that other guys are playing well enough that this – they're not in a situation where EJ has to be the star. They just need him to contribute. You know, like they're not – Cal keeps saying, like, he's the key. You know, we can't – we have a ceiling if he doesn't play well. But they don't need him to be the guy. No, you know, Ashton mm-hmm. is the guy defensively, and and Tyrese or Emmanuel are the guy offensively, and, and Nick is the you know the bruiser in the middle. So you just need to contribute. I mean, if he gives them eight points and eight rebounds and a block or two every game, they're going to be good. Uh, he just can't give them four points and two rebounds and you know four fouls. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, it's basically Nick Richards. Um, those two guys were in a similar boat. They don't have to be great every night. They just can't be terrible. Um, and so just have, just play hard and have fun and grab some rebounds. I think one thing that's encouraging for him lately is that Montgomery has started to rebound. Even in that, uh, Georgia game, he didn't do much in the second half. They kind of decided to play without him, but he had seven rebounds in the first half. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Which may- is what he's
1: asking for. Just go out there and rebound, and if you, you, know, if you can find your shot, great. But just play defense and rebound. Yeah. Block some shots for us. Yes. All right, we need to take another break. Uh, when we return, we will uh, jump in a little bit more on uh, college basketball, the weekend that was, because uh, there's a lot to dissect there when the Locked on Kentucky podcast continues. This is Locked on Kentucky. Your team every day. All right, back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. I think uh, let's just start in the SEC because that's you know that's that's where we are. And uh, you know Kentucky's next opponent, South Carolina, Wednesday at six thirty. They they went to Tennessee and nearly won. They had a chance to win the game, down one in the final seconds, and uh, just just couldn't get it done. And they have a big dude from Estonia, six foot eleven, Kotsar. I believe is how you say his name. Seven for eleven, seventeen points, eight rebounds uh, against Tennessee. So the thing that South Carolina does well, and Frank Martin, is their their defense. They play pretty good defense, but their offense has been miserable. They just they just have a hard time scoring on people. Uh, but uh, so, but you know, Columbia is a tough place to play, and they'll be they'll be raring to go uh, against Kentucky. And then next Saturday, Kentucky goes to Arkansas. Ooh, Arkansas is. They're at trouble. I think Jerry Tipton tweeted out that that game's already sold out. Arkansas says uh, the Bud Walton Arena is, is going to be packed. But they, they were down 11 to Ole Miss on the road. Came back. Isaiah Joe, 34 points, career high. He had a big steal and layup late. He hit seven threes. Arkansas is now 13-2 and two overall. That's going to be yes. a really tough game. Yes. And then what in the hell? Is going on in Florida in Gainesville? What what is wrong with them? I, I just cannot figure it out. Florida loses to Missouri ninety one seventy five. Yep, not close. No, I, I, I just don't understand what's happening with them.
0: Yeah, the league is weird. Uh, you know, you would say South Carolina they should waltz in that game. South Carolina eight and seven, mm. ranked hundred and sixth in Ken Palm. They've won three or lost three in a row. But they, before that, they won back-to-back road games at Clemson and at Virginia. Right. Now, Virginia's really struggling this year. Talk about a team that can't score. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, they ought to beat South Carolina. As you said, Arkansas, you know, it's an important game, too, because Arkansas now up to 28th in uh, Ken Palm. I think they're even higher than that. They might be like 24th in the net rankings. This is one of a handful of opportunities for re- a really quality rent win in the in the league. The league is, is in is not on very good solid foundation right now. No, um, you know there's uh, I'm looking at Kentucky's Ken Palm Page. They have 28 Arkansas then uh, on the road, and then the following Saturday, number 27 Texas Tech on the road. Uh, I'll be at both of those games. I'm skipping South Carolina because I don't want to be gone the entire week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and that seems like it'll be kind of a garbage game. Uh, but then, so it'll be about, ugly. There's how no about doubt this about. for how about this for every Saturday? This Saturday at Arkansas, number twenty-eight. The next Saturday at Texas Tech. The next Saturday at Auburn. Oh God! And the next <laughs> and the next Saturday at Tennessee. Four Saturdays in a row, they're on the road, mm. and they're playing teams that either are really good or places that are horribly. Uh, difficult for them to play Tennessee not a great team they lost their point guard for the season but Knoxville has been sort of a terror dome for them
1: uh, hey and this Santiago Viscovi kid I mean he just hit the I mean he just hit the American dirt uh you know a couple of weeks ago I mean by the time Kentucky goes to Tennessee he could put it together even more I mean even in his first game he scored like 18 points and I mean it had six yeah.
0: assists something like that so yeah, he's got a month basically to, to yeah get, get it going um yeah, it's they they I I honestly hadn't even really looked at it that way, but yeah, they're on the road every Saturday for a month against a quality opponent uh, in a really tough place to play. Um, so, I tell
1: you, LSU. Um, I mean, I think I think Mississippi State. Is I mean they're zero and three in conference, but they're better than that. I mean I've seen them yeah. play. They they've got some good players.
0: Yeah, they should have been. they should be better than they are. I mean and they, they got should Reggie have won. Perry back and who could have gone to the NBA? And they've got some other guys. They ought to be better than that.
1: And they should have won at uh, in Baton Rouge. They scored with four seconds left to take the lead on Saturday, and Skylar Mays comes down and just hits a you know a contested shot uh, to win the game, and that's how LSU wins. It's, I mean. If, Hit it at the horn. It was his only – Skylar Mays' only had field goal of the second half. Uh, but LSU, Kentucky, and Auburn are now the only 3-0 and teams in the SEC. And Auburn – I mean, I saw Jeff Goodman, your good friend, uh, tweet out his, like, top 25. He has Auburn, like, way down there, and San Diego State way up. Uh, has he watched Auburn play? I mean, they destroyed Georgia. Uh, they are
0: really good. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're one of two undefeated teams still. Uh yeah. Fifteen and 0, 3 and zero in the league. They haven't played anybody really in the league, but they did smash Georgia by twenty-two. Um, but they've got good guards. They got good inside yeah, players. I, 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 you know, I buy, I buy Auburn. I don't need to be convinced of Auburn at all because I thought, I, I thought they would be a, a, a good team, a, a, an SEC contender, a tournament team before the season, and said so because. While they lost some of the, the stars from that Final Four team, they had, they played so many guys and they had so many contributors that guys like Javon McCormick and Samir Dowdy and Austin Wiley and, uh, D. and yeah and Anthony McLemore, like those guys were real contributors to a Final Four team. And then they added uh, Isaac Okoro, who's been a, just a terrific freshman, one of the best freshmen in the country. Um, yeah, that's a that's a really good team they are they are legitimate um i mean they're the best team in the sec right now uh, yeah. kentucky could be but they're gonna have to prove that and when they play auburn they got lucky they don't have to play auburn until they get a little more time to get it together but i think those are going to be uh, two great games they play first uh at in at auburn on february 1st uh and then they play uh in lexington on february 29th um so those are going to be, you know, two fantastic games. But just kind of circling back to my original point, Kentucky's uh, game at Arkansas is big because there's just a handful on the schedule. Arkansas 27, Texas Tech uh, 28, uh, Texas Tech 27, Auburn twice, is 16th, in Ken Palm. And that's it in terms of top 30 teams on the yeah. schedule. There are four, yeah. four games left. On the, and the whole schedule, four games left against top thirty teams. Now if LSU's right there, thirty-one. Florida somehow is still thir, it's still thirty-five on Ken Palm with five I, losses. I, oh, I, wow. I don't I don't understand that. I mean they've lost to some good teams: Florida State, UConn, eh, uh, Butler, Utah State, and then we mentioned Missouri. I mean just got smashed by Missouri by twenty-six or sorry by sixteen points. Um, it doesn't. It does. It, one thing I would say about that, wherever, wherever they're ranked, however many games they've lost, it doesn't make sense that Florida's struggling like that. They have good players. Yeah. And, and I would guess that when they play Kentucky, they're going to uh, go full tilt. Um, but you know, it, it, it's bizarre to me that Blackshear. They have Kerry Blackshear, Nimhard who I thought was going to be a really good sophomore point guard. Scotty Lewis, a terrific freshman. I'm um, just. The pieces, I guess the pieces just don't fit because the pieces are pretty good.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Poor Vanderbilt before we head out of the SEC. I mean, last year it was Darius Garland gone for the season. Now it's Aaron Neesmith who is leading the SEC in scoring and stress fracture in his foot. Looks like he could be done for the season. Texas A&M blew him out in Nashville 69-50. You never know. Buzz Williams could get that thing rolling down there. Uh, But, you know, you mentioned opportunities for Kentucky. Well, Ohio State and um, Michigan State are not helping Kentucky at all because Ohio State, since beating Kentucky, has lost four in a row, lost at Indiana on Saturday, uh, preceded by losses to Maryland, Wisconsin, and West Virginia. Michigan State gets absolutely clocked by Purdue uh, to Sunday. Uh, And Tom Wizzo afterwards says it's the biggest letdown in his career. Uh, I guess it helps that Louisville – well, you know, fighting its way back a little bit, uh, but.
0: <laughs> yeah, Kentucky's won four games in a row in pretty impressive fashion all the way across the board, and they have dropped in Ken Palm's rankings to 20th. I, I don't they understand They were in the that. teens because, you know, because for one, the teams they've lost to have all just been yeah. kind of a disaster. Evansville's a total disaster. Yeah. Uh, Utah, Utah has all. lost three of the last four. Uh, they lost by – 28 to San Diego state. They lost by tonight. They lost by almost 40, 39 points to oh, Colorado. That's, all. that's and awful. And Colorado's good. And San Diego state's good, but, but point being lose by 40 point being Kentucky lost to that team on a neutral yeah. floor and they are getting destroyed by other good teams. Uh, they lost to Oregon. So they've played the three good teams they've played since they played Kentucky. They've lost to, um, and so, it, Kentucky's schedule is just getting dragged down. That's, again, why is Arkansas important? Because you better yeah. start putting up some quality wins. If they could, in the next two weeks, if, on the next two Saturdays, if Kentucky can go win at Arkansas and win at Texas Tech, uh, or in the next three weeks win two of the three road games, Arkansas, Texas Tech, and Auburn, if you win two of those, then you're fine. If you if you lose them all, or you lose two out of three, then you you you're going into the back half of your schedule, saying you know this is a six, seven, eight seed, uh, mm, Kentucky, yeah. and that's that's a maybe it won't matter this year because college basketball is so upside down. But, it is wacky. Uh, but Minnesota beat know. Michigan Sunday. <laughs> but but then again, one. that's. Uh, that may be the this may be the kind of year where you especially want to have a high seed because yeah. the, the the you know the the lower seed you get the more equal your first and second round opponents are to you and you, you're even more likely to get upset.
1: Well, we'll close with this because uh, I know Kentucky fans um, are not fond of North Carolina. Uh, Roy Williams and he started out the week uh, back on Monday a week ago on his radio show said. It's probably the least gifted team I have ever coached in the time that I've been back here. And then he wondered why. What a thing to say about your team. (laughs) And then he wondered why that got uh, so much publicity. uh, Because he called his team trash. And so then Saturday, uh, Clemson comes in and has a three at the horn to send it to overtime. And Roy Williams says he forgot to remind his players to foul before the, mm. the guy shoots the three so that they can send them to the line so they don't have a chance to tie. Mm. So they tie the game, send it to overtime, and Clemson wins 79 76 for the school's first win in Chapel Hill ever. ever. They had been 0 yeah. 59 before that. And so now North Carolina has lost three in a row and seven of its last nine, one and four in the ACC, tied for last place, eight and eight overall. Roy Williams after the game says, I've had some great moments as a coach right now. This is my lowest one. Losing the game is my fault. If I die tomorrow or 20 years from now, that'll be my biggest regret as a coach.
0: Good Lord.
1: These kids really needed a win.
0: Ew. <laughs> he sounds depressed. I mean, you know, some of this is out of his control. They don't have Cole Anthony. You know, they've, they've been totally beset by injuries. Yeah, uh, that's a big piece of it. They were they were sort of on thin thin ice, but when they were when they were at full strength, this was a pretty good team. They mm-hmm. beat right out of the gate. They beat Notre Dame, uh, they beat Alabama, uh, they played Michigan tough. They beat Oregon, so they're six and one with a, with three you know pretty solid wins in the first seven games of the season, and then Cole Anthony's gone, and they lose to Ohio State, Virginia, Wofford, and Gonzaga all in a row. Beat UCLA, beat Yale, and then open. SEC or resume I guess ACC play and lose the Georgia Tech Pittsburgh and Clemson all <laughs> in a row uh yeah it's it's bad they're eight and eight they're uh the Ken Ken Pomeroy does projections uh, on his site they're now projected to go 14 and 17. wow and uh, 7 and 13 in the ACC it would it would be a really big surprise now at this point I think for them to even make the NCAA tournament yeah. um they're 83rd in Ken Palm very much a down year I think they've got you know some really good recruits coming in and and so they're not going to stay down long but yeesh this yeah. is this is ugly and it's it's just not I mean <laughs> it's crazy to think they were I think Carolina was ranked like sixth early in the season you know when they yeah. were six and one with all those they were up there wins. pretty high even uh, maybe higher than that yeah yeah so it life comes at you fast but but think about it. If it had actually been an Achilles for Ashton Hagens, oh my gosh! You know, now they're better equipped, even as thin as Kentucky is, better equipped probably than Carolina to weather it. But if it was an Achilles for Ashton Hagens, their season goes on a on a steep downward turn. Now maybe they pull it out at the end, but for a couple weeks, I bet you they would be very much struggling you know, they're Yeah, are they certainly wouldn't go win at arkansas auburn or texas tech in the next couple of weeks without a guy like ashton Hagen. so um yeah. that that's also just a reminder of some some things are out of your control if you lose your best player guy it can hurt
1: yeah you may not be able to call Uruguay and see if they've got a point guard they can send
0: over. <laughs> How crazy is that? <laughs>
1: All right. We'll end up with throwing some shade at Tennessee. Uh, thanks for uh, tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R. And Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. All right. Thanks for listening, guys.
0: You are locked
1: on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.